We want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded, and this area's original name is Nam. We pay respect to them and their elders, past, present and emerging. Ooh, it's the little podcast, babe. I have just started listening to music. Hand <laughs> a fluffer, like it's very specific. There's no reason you can't have a cult focused on garlic bread. Oh, with the boys. With, 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 you ate it. It tasted like you were eating poison. Yeah, you're right there, darling. First of all, that's not standard issue. Astronaut wear. Aren't you? Yeah, other people. I know what other people are, Annie. Oh, my God. Tuck it into your waistband. It can sometimes be seen at the top of the waistband being like... You would be the most annoying ghost. You know what? I'd like to be better at bringing my cat into work in a sneaky way. Chicken, where do you get your protein from? I don't even know why I call you my best friend. Dear Diary, today was actually pretty good. I have found my feet in isolation, using this time to really focus on my goals. I've been getting good sleep, staying hydrated, and plucking my eyebrows to the perfect arch, if I do say so myself. Also, my cuticles have never looked better. My relationship is going so well. Palmer isn't working at the moment, so he is home all the time. I was concerned that being in such close quarters might be damaging to our relationship, but things have never been better. He's been keeping busy by immersing himself in the art of cobblering. He's really focused on a pair of shoes. Not sure what he's up to, but hey, it keeps him happy. At least he's got a gorgeous head of hair that I really love and hope sticks around. The podcast has been going really well too. It's been really nice doing daily episodes. I mean, it would be if we got to do them every day. But you know, Annie unfortunately can't pull her weight She's really struggling with homeschool. Oh, wow. It's really hard having kids in isolation, apparently. God, maybe don't have kids if you can't handle it. It's fine whatever you want to do with your uterus, Annie. But when it starts to affect me, then that becomes a real problem. Anyway, Diary, thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you soon. XOXO Gossip Binks. Dear Diary, isolation has been going great, particularly for my dog grooming, actually. I've been so productive. I've set up a studio out the back and have been practising on my pooches. It's actually been quite nice having this time off, you know, just to do some little life admin and focus on things I'm passionate about. I'm really busy, but like good busy. I'm homeschooling my kids and have a flurry of things to do. I mean, homeschooling has its challenges, of course. There's a lot of pressure and the kids are not really taking to it as well as I had hoped. You can't really threaten them with detention when you're already in 24-7 detention. And it doesn't help that Bianca is constantly in my ear about trying to podcast and do content and then throwing it in my face that her biggest struggle of the day is deciding what else to watch on Netflix. Oh, how difficult isolation must be for you, Bianca, when the only problem you have to solve is why is my husband gluing welcome mats on the bottom of his shoes? Meanwhile, I'm deep in maths problems and trying to remember what the fuck an adjective is. Anyway, thanks for being a true friend, Diary. Speak soon. Love, Annie. Jesus, Annie, why don't you tell me how you really feel? Well, I did. I left my diary out and (laughs) you read it. I can't help that you read it. <gasps> no. I actually have read someone else's diary before and it's one of 
the worst things ever, ever. Like I, a hundred percent, it is such a breach of trust. And as you're doing it, you feel terrible, and you know you're doing something really bad, and you're pushing boundaries. But at the same time, you cannot put that thing down. I think, especially if there's a bit about you. Oh my god! The one that I had was had a friend live with us for a really long time. I actually lived with a friend because her family lived overseas and she kind of like boarded with us, which was my best friend. And in her <laughs> diary, she left it out and it was just like in explicit detail of what she had <laughs> been saying behind my back and how she'd been manipulating people not to like me. So obviously I like confronted her, but it was awful. And then, you know, it is that, well, who's in the wrong? She's got every right to write it down in a diary. But at the same time, like you've given away all your secrets yeah. of how you've been a bitch. See, so we're be- yeah. both in the wrong. That's totally. her thing with a diary. Like I've always tried to do one, but I've always been so fearful that someone will unlock the mm. you know, secret to all of my innermost terrible thoughts and desires. Absolutely. And then have that on me. And particularly as a child, because, you know, you'd get those diaries that had that lock and key, which, <laughs> was, the most, which was the worst. Lo- like, one, the key was universal. So you once you've got that key, you can unlock any diary key in the world. And second of all, that like, you could just put a coin in it and flip it. Like, they were just <laughs> – so you would think, like, it was this false sense of security that no one could read your yeah. diary, but they absolutely could. And it is super vulnerable to think that someone would get their hands on it and have all of that ammunition. I'm less worried about looking back on things and going, wow, that's so cringeworthy because I not long ago did this mass burn of all of these love letters and stuff from my teenagehood Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't deal with them. And then since doing it, I'm like, no, why did I do that? Because I think with time and age, you actually go easier on yourself. You don't really mm. – you don't beat yourself up because that's a pretty human emotion and even though you had a crush on someone, doesn't mean it is now and whatever. It might be cringeworthy but you're sort of okay with it. The thing that's really hard about writing a diary is anyone seeing it in the current time. That's it's it. nothing to do with the future. When you look back on things, you might cringe but who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. It's all about – oh, my God, if someone knew this right now. Or, you know, sometimes you need to vent about people's. Mm, mm -hmm. No, that's the thing about the diary. That's why we're doing diaries today. We're talking about diaries and diary keeping. Because the thing is, is that you can look back at a photo of yourself from 10 years ago and you can think you remember what you felt at that time. But having a Mm. diary, you really are reading exactly how you felt in that moment. And that's – Really cool. That's a really good point, actually, because with Liam's concussion, I started writing down everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. And just coincidentally, at that time, I thought I was going to write a book. I ended up sort of not focusing on the book. I just put that energy into writing what was happening at the time. And that was like in 2017. And then Liam sort of got through his concussion. I mean, he's pretty good today. But not long ago, I read it to him. And because he had concussion, he had no memory of so much stuff that happened. But also, I was able to explain to him what I went through back then, looking after him and being pretty much his carer, in a way that I can't now. Because now you you have hindsight. And yeah, exactly. Once it's over, you don't feel as resentful or as tired or any of those Mm. things that you felt at that time. I, I can't quite convey it. Just like childbirth. 
at the time incredibly painful and then it's over and you're like oh was it that bad until you're in that moment you don't know how it feels exactly yes yeah I think yeah but and as well it's it's hard to like I can remember certain moments in my life that were difficult because I remember at that moment saying remember this because this Mm. felt shit and that's the only way it sticks out but when I think about it now I'm thinking about it in hindsight with what I know today and I'm like oh well it wasn't that bad because I've got the time between that moment and now and I've learned how to cope with these emotions and things but to actually know how it felt at that moment and exactly how hurt I was or how upset I was you forget that it's Mm. impossible to remember so it's really great to have a diary and that's why I think now's a really good time to get one absolutely I mean it's it's not often a pandemic comes around. Uh, uh, it's unprecedented and uh, it's a one in a, a hundred year event. So yeah. it's great. It'd be so interesting to, in 40 years time, mm. sit down with your kids, um, your grandkids and be like, oh, this is actually like what happened at that time. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're, we're starting to do a diary. I've always wanted to do one, but I never stuck it up because it's a fucking commitment. And just like so many things, I go gun ho at first yeah, and then- I miss it. Fizzles out. <laughs> it fizzles out. And then, yeah, I, I would never stick with it. But, yeah, trying to do it this like time. Like me trying – remember when we first started this podcast, like the, one of the first things that we ever did was I had to learn how to write back to text messages straight away? Yeah, you let that slack real quick. <laughs> that <laughs> went – you popped it's like up to like 400 unread messages now. But I think that the point with <laughs> this activity yeah. was that – even if we don't continue on for a really long time, I personally, God, not to spoiler it right at the start, but I don't think I can maintain a diary forever. Mm. However, I'm so glad that we did this because I will be able to look back at this very specific moment in time and remember how I felt. You know, it's not just any old time. It's a time capsule. Right now, yeah. Mm. We're living in a historical event. Yeah. And you want to know how that shit's going to turn out. Yeah, maybe they'll like quote me down the line. You know how they do that sometimes? Who's quoting you down oh, the line? Well, you know, Anne Frank. Right, that's it. <laughs> you don't know. Like Anne Frank did not know that her diary was going to become the most read diary in mm. the world. She didn't know that. You don't know. Someone could find your diary in 200 years time and be like oh this is a little artifact it could be in a museum they could yeah. hear all about Liam's concussion <laughs> get real good insight I think the other thing is that you just sort of set out thinking maybe this might turn into something maybe this will turn into me writing a book or something you know everyone yeah. I think everyone fantasizes about their own autobiography and someone reading it but then we all go hmm no, I, not that important. I don't <laughs> fantasize about that, but what I do fantasize about is they bring back the show This Is Your Life. <gasps> yes. And I <laughs> am a guest on the show and I get to see my life played out. Like that is a dream come true for me. Hint, yes. it will be my 30th birthday in a couple of weeks, so if someone listening Well, I'm wants sorry to we're in that, isolation. Yeah, so you've got plenty of time to get it organized. Um, oh my god. <laughs> All right. But no, what I've learned in doing this particularly at the moment during isolation is that keeping a diary is just so fucking good to get things off your chest because usually you know I'll come and bitch to you or I'll talk to my mum about how I'm coping with things 
And unfortunately, a lot of the time it has got to do with my husband. And unfortunately, my husband is always fucking home. So my mum will call me and be like, how's Palmer? How's things going? And I have to lie because he's in earshot. And I'm like, yeah, really well. We've never been better. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's so nice to just actually sit down, write down exactly how I'm feeling or problems that I'm having. Because I don't really have that at the moment in the, the authentic way I normally would. Yeah. It can be really confronting though, seeing it all on paper and it, it, it does help you make sense of what you're going through when you see it written oh, down. Big time. I didn't realise, and not to get into too much detail, but in my diary there is every day we'll start off with how things are going for me and what's good for me and then it just trails off into the negative and that's how I always end it. Yeah. And I just didn't realise that obviously what I, the problem I'm writing about was such a problem until I look back on it and I'm like, wow, okay, this keeps popping up. This is a real issue and now I can actually focus on it. And I never would have assessed yeah. that issue before had it not been written down because there's just ideas floating around in your head. There's thoughts they're just popping around until you actually put pen to paper and write it down. You don't realise. Yes, yes. It's nice to get the thoughts out and actually put them somewhere so that like that, that's what I've personally found is that I'm taking them out of my brain to free up my brain to think of other things and I can just go and put them down and I'm like, all right, I'll deal with that later. I know that's so silly because you can't physically take th- thoughts out of your mind but it does feel like I'm able to put them somewhere so I'm able to sleep or whatever. I do think though that with this challenge yeah. that it will take quite some time before you're able to write about positives. I mean, it's also really hard in a pandemic to write about things that aren't negative. But I think that it would have to take some time of diary writing to be able to finally get to the good stuff because you have so much to say about the things that you're going through when you first start writing a diary that it just it does sort of go down that negative path. Yeah, I do find for me, I found with my diary. So I'm a very, uh, I use humour to mask my emotions. No, I, you do not. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not a very <laughs> vulnerable person. I mean, aside from <clears throat> the alcohol mini series, in which case I was very, very vulnerable. But for the most part, I'm not very vulnerable and I'm very guarded. I think I don't let my guard down. So opening up to like an inanimate object basically has been great. <laughs> it's been really good. I I think like, yeah, at first you know, I started writing and I was quite tentative with what I would write, you know, like as you said, I won't get into depth or into detail with any particular topic. I'm sort of just writing down things in a very basic way, but then I'll fucking hone in on one specific topic and get real real with it. And then I'm like, shit, that, that was a moment I just experienced. And then I can also just read it back, which is nice because writing a diary is like the 1800s version of rewatching your own Instagram story. Oh, God. You know, (laughs) but I don't know if I want to do that either. No, I like reading it back. I'm like, Mm. fuck, that was dope. That was a good day, babe. (laughs) Well, I sort of have those, but in written form on the internet because I obviously have a blog and I used to be much more involved in it online. Oh, that's the blog part of Uncanny Annie blog. Yeah. Oh, I actually blogged this week. Did you? Yes. And I'm very ashamed that you did not go and read about children's tutoring. (laughs) (laughs) You are so unsupportive of me. Yeah. I sort of went off it there for a little while, 
mostly because life got in the way. But I used to write blogs all the time because pretty much for the exact same reason that a diary helps you articulate the way that you're feeling. But blogging was totally different because I had to communicate with other people. Yeah, other people are reading it so it's not Uh, as vulnerable. Exactly. They definitely have their pros and cons. See, I found that with blogging, at least I was accountable. I would actually make time for it and do it where when you're only accountable for yourself Mm. which is diary writing you don't do it as much yeah but it's sort of like it's like a diet isn't it you're only cheating on yourself so if you're not writing in your diary but yeah I I totally get what you're saying because you're like no one's gonna know (laughs) (laughs) between me and my diary yeah but I really love diary writing in that you're not writing for an audience you're not writing for someone to read this back no it's Mm. it's purely for you yeah. It's like, it's like you know, when you are told like through a breakup and they're like, write a letter to him yeah. and don't send it. <laughs> that is what you're doing, really. Like, I mean, but it's not a letter. It's sort of just I have thoughts. never not sent it. I You've sent it. I fucking send stuff all the time. I wrote Liam a letter yesterday and <laughs> sent it and I'm in the same house as him. There's like something wrong with me. I've never, I've never done the write a letter thing ever. I've never written a letter down I, to my I ex. Write, passive-aggressive text messages because I'm so angry that I have to control <laughs> I have to control mm. myself and it's much more controlled if I put it in writing form than if I say it out loud because mm-hmm. then I'll be like and your hair cut shit <clears throat> just because you know because <laughs> you're feeling nasty that's did you seriously just not- say that I'm sorry knowing that my husband just shaved his fucking head well and you just saw that you know human that- egg walk in here <laughs> And you just saw that human egg that I am married to and you had the nerve to say that your husband's haircut was shit. Uh, don't act like this is always about you. You know that my husband always has hair disasters. That's we've, true. He's actually come on the fucking podcast yeah, and walked true. in and shocked us and we've had to pause before. Yeah. But, yeah, I find that I have a lot more control if I'm putting it in writing. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. Since having a diary, I am very trigger happy when it comes to aggressively telling my husband mm. how I feel. And I'm not articulating. I, I'm ex- off the low blow. Oh, you're the low blow girl. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm spiteful. I'm, oh, I am <laughs> too. Like, I <laughs> am truly spiteful. And it's actually quite nice having this like moment of reflection beforehand. And when I'm writing it down about how I feel about something, because it's just for me and I'm getting these thoughts out, I'll sometimes even write something and then be like, oh, that's actually not how I feel. I feel this way about it. Now, if I was saying it out loud to him without having that moment first, mm-hmm. I can't undo that damage. Yeah. Writing a sentence down, the only damage that I'm doing is hurting my diary's feelings. But my diary <laughs> is like, she's chill with me. Like, we're totally cool. But, you know, having that moment of self-reflection to be like, actually, that's not how I feel. And then yes. being able to articulate it to him later. Fucking brilliant. I cannot recommend a diary more. I'm so pro diary now. Yeah, I certainly use notes in my phone for my feelings a lot. So before I did this diary writing, so I, I'll say that I didn't have a physical diary. You had a physical diary mm-hmm. that you were actually writing in. I still wrote notes in my phone under the heading of diary and then I would come back and I've got like a little folder on my Mm -hmm. computer and sometimes I print it and I put it in a book because I felt like I had to because you sort of wanted me to keep a physical diary (laughs) and I and also if someone's going to stumble across my artifacts at some stage oh it needs to be a physical diary so uh (laughs) but I have actually for a really long time been writing down notes in my phone and you can search out things on your notes. So I have been using that as a, like a therapy 
And especially because I actually do see a therapist. Sometimes I would write down, I've really got to remember this because I've got to talk to my therapist about right, it. Yeah. But this is totally different in the detail and the actual, instead of dot points or things like that, you're actually writing it all down in whole a, sentences. Whole sentences. So I totally, for the digital diary, and I understand that that makes sense, but for me personally, I want a Red Dragon level of like serial killer diary that's just full of my thoughts and like cutouts from the newspaper. Mm. Not that I'm going to become a serial killer, but in the movie Red Dragon, he's got this like crazy journal and I'm like, that looks amazing. Like it's like, don't, don't get me wrong. He's a terrible person, but his scrapbooking skills are second to none. So Where I have <laughs> scrapbooking gone by the way. Scrapbooking came up this week because one of my friends was like, hey, I found a photo of you dog washing back when we were kids. It was in mum's scrapbook and I'm like, what? Scrapbooking really died out, didn't it? Well, that's the great thing about a physical diary is that you can cut <laughs> things out, <laughs> stick them in. It doesn't have to just be words. <laughs> this is the prose. These Look are the, the just prose. And put I think, them in your column. I mean, my one of the pros I will say about a diary is that, you know, you can get a cute one, you know? <laughs> Get a cute look. Like, do don't know. be getting a Spyrax notebook and writing things down in it. Does anyone do that? Someone treat, out there. Treat your thoughts and memories with some respect. Yeah, like get a good diary. Like I have one and it's very similar to the fact that you were just saying you write things down in your notes. But for me, I write everything in this book. It's got my podcast ideas, just like every little bit of information is in mm-hmm. this thing. The negative is obviously if I was to lose it, I'd lose all of that which is what happened to Miley Cyrus. She lost her notebook of songs in her fire in Malibu. But Wow. Yeah, uh, but, uh, well, I mean, of course I did. But, yeah, I, I do like the the physical diary. The, and I, I think as well, I used to do it via typing as well, but I typed too quickly and I would just write down a lot of shit and I think writing it actually down. Well, not any, everyone can type as fast as you, Bianca. Well, that's... That's Sorry, true. how many? What are you at? Like 121 words a minute, whatever. I mean, like 98% accuracy, whatever. I mean, it's like it's not a big deal. I mean, you asked, so I'll tell you. But the thing is, I would write a lot and it would just be this jumble of mess. But I think writing it down in a diary, I know that my hand will get sore after a while. So I'm more concise about what I'm going to write. And I really take time to write my thoughts out instead of just jumbling down every single thought that comes into my head. See, I think I need to keep my hands nice and strong for dog grooming and scissoring. <laughs> I can't be doing that. Hey, what was the hardest thing that you found diary writing? Oh, making the time. It's a commitment. Yeah. It is a commitment. It's just like anything that you decide to do, I would sometimes, yeah, push it to the side and, and not take that time. One of my tips is in diary writing, which we will get into later, is to set a limit on how long you want to write. So set out aside like 30 minutes when you do it. But I think definitely have a limit, but don't have a minimum. Like you can just write down one sentence for that day. Oh, sorry. A limit on the, m- the time that you spend in it. Oh, so you can you limit the max amount yeah, because, you know. You don't want to be sitting there writing be, all day. No. I mean, obviously you can if you want, but if you're just saying, okay, commitment to 30 minutes three times a week. It's like exercise. You're like, okay, 30 minutes three times a week or every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to write in my diary before bed and I'll just do it 30 minutes before I go to bed. Then at least you know it's not this huge task of having to go and sit down and make that time. 
Yeah. If it's just 30 minutes. But I think as well, don't it doesn't have to be a full 30 minutes. If you've just got a little bit to write, just jot down a couple sentences. Just mm. have some sort of entry. Yeah. I think. Um, time was definitely mine too. I could, oh. I found it really hard to fit in the time to do it. But uh, the other thing I found really hard was letting go of perfectionism. I'm used to writing something that, you know, you've got a start, a middle and an end and, you know, you've got your conclusion and you wrap, it all, you wrap it all together. And it's, diary writing is you have a thought, you put it down. And mm. I found that really hard to let go of, okay, it doesn't sound that good. Not all the ideas tie together. You're just popping it all down as you're thinking of it. No, absolutely. Like the first entry you explain to your diary, like, you explain its existence to itself. You're like, <laughs> hey, diary. So <laughs> I'll be keeping you to like just jot down all of my thoughts during isolation. <laughs> uh, but I did exactly <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. And then after a while, you just forget about the introduction sort of thing and you just start writing like, today is the day that I leave my husband. No, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the thing oh. I found also really confusing is that I write in first person and third person and like I'm talking to someone else but then I'm talking to myself but then I'm talking to I'm totally inconsistent like sometimes I'm writing for an audience but then other times I'm writing for myself but then other times I'm like writing about this person called Annie like what the hell yeah I know it gets really muddled up in there it's just it's such a jumble and it also is very it's a good example of just how confusing your thoughts are So this is a part of the podcast that I wasn't aware was happening that well, you no. have sprung on me. You've done a Jerry Springer because you've been springing this shit on me where we're going to read <laughs> parts of our diary entries, which I didn't know that. So I wasn't writing my diary expecting people to read it. And it's very personal and I cannot share it on the podcast. Uh, I've got some bangers that are personal. So I think, <laughs> I think that you should go first. And then if I feel comfortable enough, then maybe I'll read okay. some of mine. Well, I had quite a few entries before I begin, but this is like my time capsule one, I think. Oh, a little time capsule. Well, there were other ones that were far more personal and about personal stuff that I was going through. And yeah, it was a bit gross. This is my thoughts on coronavirus and living in this time. Excellent. All right. I'm strapping it in. This is great. It's actually, it's actually quite long and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because my kids started homeschool and I had to try and sort of show them by example that I was doing work and if we all sat down and worked together then um. we could – so, anyway. Here we go. <laughs> I'm so excited. Hello, future me. <laughs> Love it already. Yeah, okay. I thought I'd put a little press pin into this moment in time. You see, humans have a tendency for changing the narrative as time passes. Not necessarily with ill intent, but because time makes fools out of memory. I saw one blogger say this week that we may even embellish the story in years to come so we seem more heroic than we really were, just watching streaming TV, showering only to get back into our pyjamas. I don't think we'll embellish it though, Unfortunately, it's pretty bad, and even with the worst parts of human history, time distances ourselves from the tragedy and watercolours what were vivid details of how truly bad it was. There are Holocaust deniers, for goodness sake. 
So that's why I thought I'd just note this down. Sure, there are better writers and people publishing stories online. I assume you'll still have the internet and be able to search for them. But I'm adding your voice, Annie. See, changed it. Am I, am I talking to my diary or me? To the chorus of storytellers to hopefully remind you of how it was as time passes. Where to begin? Simply, there is this see-through microscopic virus called coronavirus or COVID-19 that most of us won't ever see with our own eyes. By the way, corona meaning crown. It's got lots of little spikes like a crown, but it has brought the world to its knees. We might not be able to see it, but we can all feel it. Those actually contracting it struggle to fill their lungs with air, painfully grasping as they try to fight it. Those of us lucky enough to be without it in our bodies live in a world reshaped by it. And of course, all the disparities already happening before the pandemic are heightened and the divide between privilege gets greater. Here in Australia, we are told to self-isolate, keeping home only to venture out for absolute necessities. And when we are out, we have to stay 1.5 metres away from each other. It's weird to see Melbourne like this. Unlike Sydney and Perth with beautiful beaches, Queensland with glorious weather or Adelaide and Hobart with tree-filled cities, the one thing Melbourne had for it was its lively spirit, arts, culture and diversity. With everyone staying indoors, most of what is great about Melbourne is gone. No cafe culture, no sports games to attend, no street dances or events on. We're allowed to walk our dogs, but even at the dog park, people are hesitant to let their dogs play. You also don't realise the role that arts plays in life until it's gone. It is often the sector that is asked first to be charitable, to entertain people for free, to work for exposure or to hold a fundraising event. But when it is to the time that all those in the arts all collectively lost their work in one day, there was no fundraiser. The arts isn't as essential as a nurse putting you on a ventilator or a farmer providing you food. I get that. But do not underestimate how vital the arts is, Annie. It's there for welfare too. And do not underestimate how little people will give a shit when the artists all lose their jobs. Obviously, artists aren't the only ones feeling the pinch though. Many small businesses and numerous others are too. Because self-isolation and the ability to self-distance comes with inherent privilege. Many of the homeless have no homes to self-isolate in and to choose to work from home is often a decision made by white-collar workers. Also, home isn't safe for everyone. People trapped in houses with domestic abusers, some kids get their food and care from school and no longer have that access. Carers that would otherwise be able to get respite can no longer. New parents can't have help from their families. Those with mental illness become more isolated. Coincidentally, the areas least likely impacted by the virus are more likely to have spread the virus. Because in Australia, the main cause of transmission was from overseas, we continuously see racist rhetoric that this is a Chinese virus as the first case was in Wuhan, China. I live in a very multicultural council with a huge refugee and immigrant population. Right now, we only have 10 cases in our whole shire. The council with the most cases in my state? That's Stonington Council with the affluent suburbs like Armadale, Malvern, Paran, South Yarra, Turak and Windsor. This virus is spread by the rich who were able to fly and travel. But then the rich ran off to their holiday houses and all the frontline workers were the ones that fought the battle. The underprivileged, people of colour and women are affected more because they are the ones in higher proportions of low income and frontline workers like cleaners, carers, nurses, etc. 
please just don't forget that this virus was spread by the rich, not immigrants. That privilege is also evident with this phenomenon happening called panic buying, where you're afraid certain items will sell out so you buy more than you need. But it is a self-fulfilling prophecy as everyone has the same feeling and items actually do sell out. Not because there isn't a supply to go around, just because so many are fearful and stockpiling. Of course, those that can afford to buy bulk leave those that are unable to without essential items. I don't think I would ever have understood how ominous empty shelves at the supermarket were until I lived through it. And it is because of these divides that I have become utterly exhausted of people online saying, your grandparents went to war, you can sit on a couch, as if to reduce any current suffering to nothing. There is so much to be sad or terrified of and those that are privileged to be able to just sit on the couch are often the ones that don't realise that the threat that this pandemic has on people's lives. People are frightened. Things are changed forever. We'll never get certain moments back. My parents split up before all of this. I'll tell you all that in finer details tomorrow, but the separation from my family is like torture. My parents are also emotional, so I feel like they can be quite careless in looking after themselves. They are both still working as essential workers and acting quite selflessly, actually. But some of their choices seem silly given their age. Just another stress that I feel. I can only imagine those having babies right now are also missing their families as people are only able to see their babies through social media. That time can't be given back. On the opposite end of the spectrum, and probably the main reason this diary entry is pretty depressing, is my friend died suddenly this week. I suspect it was even because of the impact isolation had on her. She was 40. She has three kids that are unable to be supported by friends and family because of the isolation. Her funeral is capped at 10, so I'm unable to go as it is just family. I obviously don't get her back, but I also don't get to grieve with her loved ones, celebrate her life or have any closure. Her last message to me sits in my phone with the sent date stamped getting further away from me. She was swept away while the whole world was looking in the other direction. And it's all well and good to be optimistic when you know there is life on the other side of this experience for you. I'm watching my friend's mother with terminal illness over Facebook and it's heartbreaking to see. She had plans to travel the world weeks before all this came to be and raise money via a GoFundMe account. Not only will she possibly never see the world, but she's unable to even see her family right now. For some people, the inside of their home will be all they ever see now. This virus is cruel. It affects mostly the elderly who already feel isolated in the best of times. Oh, and Annie, please remember that when the left side of politics joked about baby boomers, it was the right that didn't care if they died. See Trump, Boris Johnson and co. People have to isolate alone. If they get it, they go to hospital alone. And if they die, they die alone. Overseas, they are even getting buried in mass graves with many others, but without any loved ones. Who knew there were such levels of privilege even in grief and death? I think that's the worst part for me, the loneliness. When my brother died, that was the most painful part to comprehend. If he just hit his car into a tree and died straight away, that was far less painful to think about than the thought of him having one single second of feeling frightened or alone. Of course, I think of my brother in times of this. What a bonkers time he is missing out on again. What makes it all weird is that the number 19 is the number I see everywhere since my brother died. 
His birthday was the 19th of the 9th, 1991. The house I was living in when he died was the 19th. The player number he played with in football was the 19th. I know humans try to look for patterns or to make sense when there is no sense to be made just because chaos is too much to fathom. But this number slaps me in the face at times. I didn't even know illnesses could have numbers in their title. But there it is again, COVID-19. Obviously, all those are existential things I'm affected by, but also there are smaller things I'm affected by. Like, will my friend at the local coffee house remember me? Will all the locals still be alive? What about that Macedonian woman? Will she still be about? Or the elderly man who dresses in a suit and tie to sit on his porch? Will he still be there? Am I going to have the friendships I did before I went in because I'm no good at writing back to text messages? Now, all this makes the world seem very dark, doesn't it? But how does an earthworm know they are living in the dark if they have never felt the light? I know we are living in the dark right now because I'm lucky to have felt the light. I need to touch people. I need to smile back at people from outside of a mask. I need to have my kids walk out of class with their oversized backpacks to hug me around the legs. I need to offer a taste of my food to my friends over dinner. I swear I'm going to pash all my mates when I see them. Not only will I appreciate all of that more when it comes back, I will now fight for those that don't have that freedom. Or at least I hope I will fight for them. Everyone is fantasising about how we will be after all of this. Are we going to be better people? Will we start feeling more for caged refugees, prisoners and animals? Will we realise the importance of lower income workers that keep us alive? Will parents realise how hard it is to teach their children? Will we stop to appreciate the small things because we have more time than we realise? I'm sure it will last a little while and we'll go back to being flawed and spoiled and grumpy and bitchy and ungrateful and spiteful and impatient. But in some ways, that's the point, isn't it? That only through connection with each other are we able to feel that whole range of feelings. That without connection, there is nothing that the world we miss was stunningly beautiful and completely fucked up. But we want it back. We want to be able to navigate the messiness of freedom than navigating the loneliness of isolation. Shit, i got to go. <laughs> I'm writing as I'm trying to teach my kids school and I truly have no idea what I'm doing. See you tomorrow. Oh, P.S., The best parts of my week is pole dancing class through an app called Zoom. We appear in the screen in little boxes, but most people don't have poles at home, so we aren't able to actually pole dance. Instead, we work together to maintain our strength for when we return. The reason I love it is that it's made much easier to work out when you're seeing everyone's cats and dogs on the screen. Our instructor's little Italian greyhound mounted her back as she was holding a plank and sometimes the dogs hear each other and bark through the screen and walk around the house trying to find each other. Well, first of all, you told me that you were not going to make it perfect. Well, it's not perfect. It's not. I am going to be so embarrassed. I you had a thought and I would just go with it. Okay. Obviously, I the ending, yeah. I was going to be like, there was going to be an ending to it. Well, mm-hmm. I had to find it because we all look for reasons mm-hmm. why we're feeling these ways. When I read mine to you, and I, and I have to just preface this by saying I will just be reading two intros because I get very personal in my diary and I didn't know anyone was going to be reading this. 
I got personal. Oh, you mean I said that my parents separated and that my friend died. Yeah, mine's a little bit more personal. Oh. As in things that I can't share with people and oh that God. I have no business sharing with other people. But yeah, okay. um, when I tell you that my diary is not as serious as Annie's, I think you'll get it just from this first entry. <clears throat> Dear diary. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so Sorry embarrassed. Me. No, because you just wrote something. You just read out something very poetic and this is how shallow I'm going to fucking look. This is why we work together as a team. Yeah. You know I'm an overthinker. Yeah, literally, I was as you were reading that, I was like, we could not be more fucking different, Jesus. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. Dear Diary, this is to become my ISO diary in which I'll track all my thoughts and feelings and observations from isolation. Right now, as I write this, there's a glaringly loud siren or horn wailing, which sounds incredibly scary, actually. This is what life is like, though, now. No one's going to bat an eyelid over a draconian sounding horn because that's just the world we live in now. I'm not sure draconian was the right word there, but I wanted to sound smart, even to you, dear diary, <laughs> because I want to impress you, even though you only exist for me. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. Um. That was that was great. <laughs> you said, though, I must say that you said that you use humour as a barrier and that you don't do that and you really yeah. opened up through diary mm-hmm. writing and said that you weren't going to be like that. But you are. You're still funny. Yeah. You can't help it, can you, Pink? <laughs> All right, this is another one. Dear Diary, it's me again. Soz, I've been MIA. I'd say it's because I've been too busy, but that's kind of a lie. I mean, yesterday I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race at midday and didn't stop watching it until 11pm at night. So could I have fit in some diary time? Sure, but CBF. Some days in ISO are really good and productive and others are just a complete drag, literal drag, because all I do is watch Drag Race, but some some days are just complete wastes. I definitely feel better on productive days, so I'm trying to get into a rhythm of being active, healthy and being creative. And then I get quite personal but there you go so just so you know anyone that's listening and you're thinking wow I really did not realize that I did not need to read out my diary for like 10 minutes yeah you read you just read I thought that we agreed that we were going to read a diary entry no I did not agree to reading it out I just thought we were going to write a diary and then talk about what it was like writing a diary I didn't know that we were going to read our fucking diaries out loud and that was not okay for me to be reading that (laughs) But yeah, so just... Oh, I like yours better than mine. Can, can we swap? <laughs> no. Oh, no. That's, that's, just my, that's just my diary. Yeah, but your diary is funny. Your diary <laughs> reads like diary, you know, like diary of a wimpy kid. Like, <laughs> you know, a little bit like... Well, yeah. So I good. mean, I just make quick little, I mean, like usually a couple pages. Just You can't help yourself, can you? Oh. <laughs> you just can't help yourself. I just, it's my, I'm the narrator. And I'm also the audience. So, of course, I'm going to write it how you remind me. You remind me of the narrator on Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. I'm a bit of every character on Arrested Development, to be honest. Oh, but, yeah, so, so there, there you go. So, tips for writing a diary. If you want to go the Annie route, you can get real deep with it. But I think it's nice to just dip your toes in the water mm. and then you can get really into it. So, the first. Oh, no, that was my day 
eight or something diary. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. not my – I can't – my yeah. first one was like, hi, I'm doing this really grudgingly. It's for the podcast. Ah! <laughs> and the diary's just sitting there like, you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> no. What do I exist for nothing? Yeah. Well, it came out in the end. So the first point of starting a diary, the first thing is that you want to like – start a diary yeah so let's go through tips yeah so you've got to be like willing to do it Mm -hmm. you know like really make that commitment because it is a commitment but if you put in the work the rewards are obvious and yeah you will get a lot out of it yeah secondly I think create a schedule for when you're going to write in your diary you don't have to be like every single day but maybe once a week more if you want but definitely have a time or a day that you put it aside I think that it's about saying to yourself I'm going to give up that 10 minutes of social media that you're probably going to do anyway yep. to just reprioritize that time. And don't get me wrong. I know how hard it is to pull yourself away from TikTok. I am aware of that. But I, just 10 minutes. I cannot at the moment. I know we talked about this the other day, but I'm really addicted. It's really a problem. Yeah. Honestly, I'm like losing There are sleep. so many funny people on there. There are also so many people that don't realize they're not funny on there. There's a quite you a looked lot. directly at me when you said that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying. Uh, yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, but yeah, I, I will say when you start getting into the habit of writing your diary, you will then make a note of being like, oh, I can't wait to jot that down in my diary later. Yeah. Or even it might just happen then and there that you're like, oh, I've just got to go write this My diary's right going to back me up. Here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't wait to tell my diary Don't, all about that. Exactly. Yeah. Again, set a time limit. So yeah, 30 minutes might be your maximum. But again, you don't need to have a minimum. Like if you don't have five minutes to put aside, just write down a sentence. Like just get something in there. My tip is also don't feel that you have to over explain yourself. So Mm -hmm. I find that sometimes I'll be like, oh, yeah. And then sorry, didn't you just talk for 10 minutes? Yes. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just making Fuck you. That was explaining this moment in time. But you know how you sometimes get caught up in like, yes. oh, my cousin, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's the cousin where she's of my auntie, this auntie, and she's on this side of my fa- – it's your it, fucking diary. Yeah. <laughs> you know who it is. Yes, this is such a good oh. point. I had something very intense happen to me and instead of writing out verbatim as if I wasn't there – you know, I was there. I know what happened. So I just said like in a couple of words, like just you don't have to be super specific with it. No. You want to really talk more about your feelings, not necessarily what happened. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because How down, it made you feel. Down the line when you create your autobiography, you'll know which cousin that is and you can add in the fine details. Add then. those in later. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. You just want a skeleton really. Yeah. Date your entries, which I mean, that should be obvious. At the time, you know what time it was. But you want to be able to look back and be like, wow, that was 20 years ago today. Exactly. Create an introductory entry, which I did. We both did. We both did. You know, you. Hi, diary. (laughs) This, I'm giving you consciousness and I'm explaining why you exist. And I think that's important because then, as well, you can get that awkward introduction out of the way. I know it sounds weird, but you are introducing yourself to your diary. Have that Mm -hmm. little introduction moment, why you're doing it, and then you can just get straight into it. Act like you're writing to a trusted friend. I definitely do that. Mm. My diary is a really good mate of mine. But I d- not too good, Annie. I, I don't like, want you to get jealous. No, I actually feel like your diary is me, but I'm like, you wouldn't understand this reference, but I'm Voldemort and it's my Horcrux. So it's like a little piece of my soul has <laughs> split off right. and it's in a physical form for you to put all your things in. <laughs> okay, so you have. It's shameful that you have no idea how I mean, good that analogy was. I but do know that a horcrux is 
a triangle? A triangle? No. no that's not. Forget I will, that. We'll I will fight with you that out. Okay. Have fun is another important point. A diary is an act of self-care. That is exactly what it is. It is you putting down your thoughts and feelings and it is taking that time out. It's almost like a form of meditation, but you don't have to take it so seriously. Yeah. Just have fun with it. Start writing things down. You'll start getting into a habit. I know that usually when we do a podcast, we will do something for a hot minute and then give up on it, but I am definitely going to keep journaling. Maybe not as intensely, but I definitely have found this such a good process for me. And I think definitely right now when you can, I think it's a good thing to do. I personally, I'm going to be totally honest, don't think I can. But I think that I'm going to, this week with homeschooling, we're going to do a time capsule. Mm. So I'm definitely going to get my kids to write down how they're feeling and some diary Mm -hmm. entries for right now so that they can look back on their experience. When I went to Croatia because my father was passing away and we had to leave for a whole school term and our teacher was just like, well, you're going to miss out on school work, but here, just make sure you write a journal. And so we had to write a journal entry every day. So glad I got to do that. I don't know where it is, but fuck me. Reading back on it was intense, but it's so good to have a specific moment in time or an experience that you're going through, like isolation, and being able to look back in 10 years' time and look at how you were feeling. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful that I got to do that. So I really think that now, if you've ever wanted to start a diary, now is the fucking time to do it. I'm all for it. And you might get a book deal. (laughs) Is this your pitch? That's my pitch. Oh, my God. Come and – I mean, my – I'm embarrassed actually by my diary now and I'm going to maybe take more effort with it because after reading it, yours, I'm like, Jesus. Diaries are not made to be competitive, fuck's sake. This is how I signed off on my diary. I'll touch base again soon, old girl. Keep it 100, babe. So – Okay. I really do treat her like a like a friend. It worries yours is. Do you want to read intense. that out so that we can sign out again? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Hold up. Let me just get my pages because mine's a hard copy. You know, it's gonna. <laughs> All right. I'll touch base again soon, old girl. Keep it one hundred, babe. XOXO gossip binks. Keep it one hundred, babe. <laughs> XOXO. We want to be better. <laughs> What is that? Gossip, we want to be better. Gossip, better. Gossip, gossip better. Gossip, gal. We, it, look, we're working on it. If you don't it's have hard. a name that starts with G, it's really hard to do the gossip girl thing. You don't? I know. Oh. That's why it doesn't sound right. Okay. But I can't say goodbye without ending it with XOXO gossip girl. Like everyone has to do that, right? That's, <laughs> that, oh, sorry, that's one of the points. I'm just going to pop in there. You have to make it like it's gossip girl. So. And every diary entry with XOXO Gossip Girl. But, you know, oh. you would be doing that anyway because it's necessity. So, good luck. Keep it 100, babe. <laughs> <laughs>